All right. Here we go. Episode three. I-94 Rivalry Show. I'm Trevor Tyson. We got we got Steve, Kickball Steve here. We got AJ, and Cody's gone, thank God. <laughs> and we are replacing him with Ryan Skinner. How's it going, everybody? Pretty good. What's, up? What's going on, boys? Well, I got our Cubs fans over here aren't as happy as us Brewers fans on this side because we're in the middle of an 11-game winning streak. And we're headed to the NLCS. Yeah, doesn't that 11-game winning streak, doesn't that just scare you just a little bit? It is. Honestly, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't have minded losing. I would not have minded losing one and then winning um, just so we can stop talking about that. I mean, because realistically, it's been how, you know 11 games, so however many calendar days since they lost. Do they remember how to react after a loss? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping we never have to figure this out until next I, year. I was just going to agree yeah. with that. Yeah. So it's kind of like a backhanded compliment. I mean, they've been playing some great baseball, but, you know, the walls could just start crumbling if they lose and, and somebody doesn't step up and say, hey, boys, we got a few more games left. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. And then they got the Dodgers coming up. We have just found out as of the last few hours, which I think is who everybody expected. I was very much hoping the Braves were going to force a game five just to keep the series going and keep arms rolling, but it didn't happen that way. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're another team that's playing really good baseball right now. Um, so it should be a really good series. It'll be interesting to see the uh, travel back and forth um, for the Brewers going out to the West Coast and for the Dodgers coming here. Always plays, a, I think, at least a small role in that. But, I mean, like I said, the Brewers are playing some great baseball. It's a little painful to watch. Every time I open up the ESPN app, they've got runs on the board early. So they're doing what the Cubs should have done, and that's jumping out early and not really having to worry about it later on in the game. But – it's gotta be gotta be fun to watch as a Brewers fan, I'm guessing. Yeah, I've already had five heart attacks um, <laughs> since we found out that we're playing the Dodgers, so it's just great. Oh my god! Yeah, and I can't. <laughs> every game, I think I need an ambulance just outside my house, just waiting for me to 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 need the help from them because I just can't take it. I don't know how you guys did it going to the world. I can't even imagine what like Game Seven was like and all that because I'm only we're only in the NLCS and I. I just I can't even take it anymore. I'm gonna have an aneurysm. It's it's like you flatline like three times during the game and you bring get brought back to life and flatline again. It was it, the World Series is brutal. I can't even imagine. I was like that. I'm not even a Cubs fan. And that literally that game seven. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, that's the one yep. good thing. <clears throat> the one good thing about the Cubs being knocked out now that I've actually recovered is that you know we don't have to go through those. Uh, those painstaking moments throughout the playoffs anymore. I mean, I was sitting there during the Brewers game, so it wasn't even a playoff game yet, sitting there at the office, and there was a Snapchat sent around because I was tracking my heart rate on my iWatch. If anybody wants to take a guess at what the resting sitting heart rate was during that game, I bet you don't get close. Steve, what do you got? I have no idea. Just say it. 112. (laughs) I was going to say 120. (laughs) That's brutal. Yikes. Supposed to be around, what, 60 or 70? It's like you're all hopped so, up. It's like three Red Bulls. Yeah. So I'm, I'm okay now that I've gotten past the, the disappointing end. I'm okay not having to deal with those uh, stressful moments and just enjoying football and the start of hockey season at this point. Yeah, game one was brutal, man. When we blew that, that was, that was scary. Was oh, my like, God. I was yep. like, you got to be kidding me. It's every pitch. I mean, it, you're hanging on every pitch, every out. You're like, oh, you're kind of like exhaling like the game's over, but you might have 26 more to go. So Game one went way too perfectly to where, like, I was scared going into the ninth inning because they bullpened it. I'm like, this has gone perfect. We got Jeffers right, yeah. coming out. There's, I'm like, in my mind, I just, 
I wasn't comfortable. I had a bad feeling, and all of a sudden, it was a tie game, and I'm like, what the fuck? I think, though, that uh, one thing that the Brewers have to kind of be a little bit concerned about going forward is the runners in scoring position. I mean, it's just – it's very frustrating to watch that. It was good to see yesterday them kind of break out of that slump that they were in. Yeah. But, oh, man, what was that game two where it was just hard – I think – me, you, and Romo were texting each other, and that was just heart attack central. It was game one and two, really. I mean, I that mean, was, was. But I mean, correct, know, correct me if I'm wrong. This stat could be wrong, but were they not the only team worse than the Cubs all season? Like they found a way to do it, they learned, or find a way to work around it. I guess, or is that an incorrect stat? You know, I honestly don't know offhand, that, but it, it sounds it's, it sounds right just because of their reliance on home runs. And I mean, it's obviously not a good thing to just like accept that and it is definitely frustrating to watch as, as Skinner and I can tell you from watching the Cubs down the end of the year. But I mean, if they're, if they're able to continue to hit the ball out of the ballpark and if they can get those guys on scoring in scoring position for Christian Yelich or now apparently Arcia, they, uh, they might just be okay. Eric, Eric Kratz. I don't know what game you're watching. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but I mean, through, these, through this win streak here, it seems that they've done a much better job at manufacturing runs going into the Cardinals series. I mean, the, you know, the Cubs game. They've gotten the runs they've needed, but, I mean, you really I can't say enough about what their pitching has done. I mean, I have more concern, you know, concern and you know, hope that that continues. Um, I just – the, the pitching is on such an incredible run. I mean, they, the Rockies scored in one inning of 28 innings played in three games. That, that, that is just incredible. Only two runs. That's wild. Yep, two runs, one inning off of our all-star closer, and everybody else had a spot with CRA in those three games. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yep. That's the formula to making a deep run in the playoffs. So. Yep, but game one, it's going to be Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers. I am going to go out not a very high <laughs> and say that it's going to be Chassin for the, the Brewers. Got to imagine he's going to have about a week's rest um, coming off of his last – start which was he pitched on short rest last time was like on three three days rest so he's got about a week i got to imagine he'll be the arm the brewers throw out there against kershaw who um i think he, what he's only only he's only made one start this postseason so yeah. far yeah and he dominated so that should be fun yeah but he's had it's he's, he's had his postseason struggles he has he's yeah specifically had his postseason struggles at wrigley so wrigley field north <laughs> might not be kind to him as well and it could work out well for you guys i can i can only hope i can only hope but i <laughs> i think they really need that first one i think this dodgers team has just been here before they're i think they're even hungrier than they were last year just for the fact they lost um this team scares me this team definitely scares me i was definitely I would have rather seen the Braves for the fact that there was way more experience in Atlanta than there is in, in L.A. Can, but can, can we also talk about how the Dodgers have the baseball player I hate more than anybody in the world, just the Brewers killer, David Freeze? Oh, my God. That I was cannot, literally I what I hate that I, guy. You hate I, him more than Jack Peterson? Dude, yes. this guy, yes. he's, he just kills us every time he plays. I you forget. Hate. You forget the last time the Brewers were in the NLCS. 2011. I was at was, all those games. Yep, David Freeze is. This is where this was David Freeze's coming out party against the Brewers, and he took it into the fucking. He took it into the World Series and just kept fucking running and laughed at the Brewers. I didn't even know who the guy was going into the, going into the series. Next thing you know, this guy's winning the game in the World Series, and who are they running into again? David Goddamn Freeze. 
unbelievable. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. for you guys, he's over his, uh, he's over the hill past the prime. But I guess it is those kind of guys that do tend to scare you in the playoffs because they just it always ends up being them up in the big spot. And yeah, it's experience does go a long well, way. Well, being able to slow the heart rate a bit. Well, today during the Braves Dodgers game, he had a big hit and drove in two runs. Yep, and I instant my heart instantly dropped when I saw that. I'm like, I can see how this future is going to hold out here, game seven. <laughs> like he's going to come up with some big bases clearing double that gives them the lead, or and it's going to be in Milwaukee to make it even worse. Uh, I hate that, that guy. That fucking guy. I hate that. I don't guy. know. I, I said it at the beginning, and I think I may have said it on the the first or the second episode of I ninety four here. I thought the National League representative comes out of the NL Central. I still think that. Like I said, it's frustrating turning the uh, opening up the app and checking the scores uh, as a Cubs fan that the Brewers are winning all the time. But it's just the team that has that kind of feel to them. They're extremely hot at the perfect time. So I'm going to stick with that. I would say it probably goes six or seven, but I think your Brewers will end up finding their way in the World Series. Yeah, AJ, I guess I'd probably differ from you on this, but I can't stand the Dodgers. Oh, I I despise them. I agree with you there. And I think I have to roll to Brew Crew, at least this year. Hey, jump, like on, jump on board. We got plenty I'm, of room on the bandwagon here. I'm plenty not of allowed room. to say that on here, but I, <laughs> I, mean, I I just can't say the Dodgers. and The rest of the Brew- Chicago crew might uh, question you. For Honestly, that. I think Co- yeah, I think Cody's on your side there because Co- I, I, I've talked to him about the Dodgers, and I know he hates the Dodgers too. I, yeah, outside of Hater, I don't know if I really dislike any Brewer player. Ryan Braun. And, yeah, you're right, Brown. Oh, come on, <laughs> but like the the Dodgers got Puig, they got Freeze, they got they got they got a bunch of people I can't stand over there. So I I, I agree with you. I'm uh, definitely anti Dodger. But here's a real it's, quick thing: we don't have to go too deep on it. Is Yasiel Puig that much different? And I'm going to get heat from Chicago guys on this. Is Yasiel Puig that much different than Javier Baez? No, yeah. I don't think so. Ooh, Javier would never lick his bat. I agree. That's that's I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. I love what Puig does. I, I I love what he's become. I think he like he's really bought into the team. He's bought into. Right. It's a it's a ton of energy. It yep. can be annoying if he's not on your team, which is exactly. why I don't like Yasiel Puig. Right. But I fully embrace and promote Javier Baez and his antics. So you know that's one of those things I I don't necessarily. I wouldn't go around promoting a ton after this. But if you really think about it, I don't know if they're too different. Yeah, I think they're very similar. I think they do a lot of things similar. The way that they play the game is 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 very electric. And when they do when they do something great, they like to you know let people know that. And I think that's just the new era of baseball. It is, yeah, and I like that. I mean, the, that Ken Griffey Jr. commercial that they're running out in the playoffs. Let the kids play. Let there be a little bit of emotion. Let there be some excitement. Um, it's only good for a game that I think was struggling there and, and might still be struggling for the, the younger viewer. So let that go. Let the guys, the stars of the, the show, promote themselves and their teams, and I think that's only good for baseball. So now what happened at the end of the Cubs season here? What, what, how did this come to such an end? Because I did not – I was sure they were going to beat the Rockies. I was sure of it. I had I, – Yeah, I, we, I we talked watching. about it. We talked about it Monday night. Last yep. Monday, yeah, you pulled that. Win. You pulled that reverse you psychology bullshit on us, and here we go. The Cubs score one run, so we're fully blaming you on that one. So thanks. How you feel? I mean, pretty good. I don't, I don't feel awful yeah, about I'm it. Sure I'm not gonna lie to you, but <laughs> I don't feel uh, great. Yeah. Hey, but, hey, um, 
I mean, it's the same thing that we, we were dealing with pretty much throughout the month of September. They had, what, a four or five game lead on Labor Day? So, and we've said it before, the Brewers played well enough to steal it from the Cubs. I don't know if you could really quantify this as a choke job that the Cubs had uh, like they did in previous years, but they they just weren't it. They, they were, I would say it was a combination of a bunch of small choke jobs, like going in two straight home games and essentially single elimination games and only being able to score one run. Those are Those are individual kind of separate choke jobs that I guess overall – got us to where we are now yeah being on the brewer side of it i mean i don't want to i wouldn't call it a choke job for the fact that i'm here no, to give yeah, the brewers I don't credit take anything but, away from the brewers that's why right I won't say the but overall, but like, you know i really don't they, yeah i don't think they, they i really don't think that they choked i mean you know most of the games they were playing at the i mean they played great games at the end they, the offense definitely disappeared but you know they were right there the you know the pitching was what everybody expected um you know, Cole Hamels, Lester, they, they all gave them good outings. It's just, you know, they just didn't yeah. score the runs. And, oh, yeah. I mean, we, we can't leave out the fact, I mean, this team still won nine, 95 games. I agree, yep. So it's hard to say they choked. I mean, I think people kind of, it gets lost in all of it a little bit. But having your MVP, your best player, Chris Bryant, kind of be what he was this year. I mean, he, he, was, he was something totally different than what we're used to. And, I mean, he wasn't awful, but... He wasn't hit home runs. He wasn't. He didn't have RBIs. I mean, I think that really hurt them. And I mean, the clutch hitting was awful pretty much all year, all across the board. So, hey, I got a outside. I got a outside of Cody. I got a question for uh, AJ. Did you uh, actually this for both of you, ball Chicago guys? Did you guys? What you guys think? Because I listened to it of Theo's uh, season-ending press conference, and how much are the Cubs going to pay uh, pay Bryce Harper to be on their team next year? I, it might I be four hundred, three fifty. Like it's gonna be. I, I, I know it was like two or three years ago. People were like legitimately predicting that he might be the guy who gets like the, the first guy who gets a half a billion dollar contract. Yep, yep. I, I remember that. Get, I don't think he gets to that point, especially because it was a down year in terms of the first half for him, and there was the speculation. And I don't think it helps at all that maybe he isn't a team guy, which I don't buy into. But I think that that can kind of limit what he ends up getting potentially and a guy like Theo might use that as a bargaining chip but I think at the end of the day it comes down I really believe it's going to be the the Cubs or the Nationals and he's going to make uh, an extremely pretty penny and if he's out in right field at Wrigley for the next uh, several years I think everyone's going to be pretty excited around Chicago not around Milwaukee I think we got to get the best best friend discount right we might I hope not do that yeah I mean, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be kind of what we've seen with like Darvish this year and a couple other guys. I think Hayward too. They were offered more money elsewhere, and the Cubs are gonna give them ten to fifteen million less or whatever, and they're gonna get him for that much less. I think it'll be a very Stanton Stanton like contract. I think it'll be. That's probably fair. That's possibly definitely gonna be the baseline of it, and you know the friend discount goes a long way. But what might be even more important is that the friends' wives get along. So maybe that even adds to the discount. You know, I don't know. I, I've been reading. I've been reading happy that the wife, Phillies. Happy life. Oh, that, hey, that's a so fact. have I. So have I. But that team collapsed at the end of the year. Like that's not to say that they can't turn it around and continue their rise because they were definitely intriguing and they're they're getting a lot better than they had been. Yeah, they they but have the pieces though. You, 
well, they do, but like then you got, I mean, you got Jake Arrieta, who's was signed to be their number two, and he wasn't bad. I mean, I would have much preferred him over you, Darvish, but he collapsed at the end. He collapsed at the end of the year. Is he your number two for the next two years, three years on a uh, competitive team? I don't know. I think the Dodgers are getting Machado. So, especially if the Dodgers make the World Series, I'd I'd be very very hard pressed to believe Machado goes elsewhere. I agree. Yeah, I I think the Machado race is definitely more of a Dodgers Yankees like. That's it. I I, I think it, it might also come down to what team lets him play short. Right, right, and I think um, I mean he said that like he want he's obviously come out said I want to play short, but he said given the right situation. You know he will play third. I mean, it's hard to. I mean, the Dodgers is a pretty good situation. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, though. His stats, I mean, like defensive stats, aren't very good at short. No, they're actually very. No, he's an average bad. defensive shortstop. And yeah, right. it, bad to his standards is a better way to put it. But yeah, he wasn't anywhere I mean, he's near. A, he's a Gold Glove third baseman, yep. and he is very much average at short. Right. Which you know, like you said, he's come out, he's publicized. I want to play short, but he went to L.A. and wasn't really a question he's like yeah i'll play third so if he finds the right situation i think he'll end up playing either position whichever one is going to best fit the team assuming that's a competitive team so i would say if the dodgers make the world series i think i think he stays there um if he's not there kind of becomes a free-for-all maybe if the cubs decide he's a better fit for them instead of bryce maybe they make a run there but the yankees i think are always always a front runner for any big name like that Quick, quick hypothetical. Is there any chance that the Dodgers get Machado and Harper? I can't oh. imagine so, but there's a chance. I mean, dude, they got the most money. They, they spend talking about it. Yeah, they spend they more have, money. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Think, think about that lineup with Seager, Machado, Harper. Yeah, that's what people forget about. Is Seager's coming back next year too? I mean, right. that's just. Right. I mean, it's just and stupid. I think that dude's a future MVP too. Seager. Yeah. Yeah, Seager, Seager is a stud. He's a, uh, you know, a guy hits, hits for power, and I think it's his defense is just extremely underrated. Mm-hmm. But, well, the Cubs season, unfortunately, comes to end for you guys. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm glad they lost only for the fact I didn't have to, we didn't have to deal with Cubs fans in, in Miller Park for the series. Um I thought the Rockies were going to give us a better test. I honestly, at the time, you know, I was like, you know, the Cubs lineup is struggling a little bit. You know, not totally scared at this moment to face them. I was way more scared to face the Rockies' potent lineup, and then that disappeared. That went so, you know, apparently it didn't matter. But I'm glad the Cubs fans just didn't have to come invade Miller Park, and we didn't have to deal with that. Next but, year, we're coming yeah, back with full uh, force. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yep. Let's move in uh, to the moron Monday. Still Monday here. So, uh, what kind of uh, what kind of morons you you folks come up with here, Steve? What do you got? Oh, uh, the entire Packers, and we'll get into that later. <laughs> Just the entire team. I, well, the entire team are morons. You know, I can jump on board with that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you would. I'm the lone Packer fan on on this one. This is this is great, like usual. I yeah. yeah it was just bad. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it later on in the podcast. But it was just bad. And then Small. watching. Then watching New Orleans just kick the everlasting crap out of Washington and how we lost to them is just, we just suck. We're just a bad football team. Small just... reminder, I'm a Bears fan. Only, it's my only Chicago tie, so I definitely relate to Ball Chicago. I got a soft spot for them. But other than that, I'm Bucks, I'm Brewers, but fuck the Packers. 
<laughs> oh, fuck you, Trevor. <laughs> uh, Steve. All right, AJ, what do you got for us? Oh, uh, wow. Um, I definitely did not, you know, nothing really stood out as much. I know we have some other ones coming up here that I can definitely make the list or made my list, but I'm not going to jump in and steal those. So I will go kind of along with what the Packers were, but I'm going to specifically go with their, like Mike McCarthy in the front office, I guess. Um, Cause I think I was at the game this week and it was, you know, a clear, a clear showing and sign of just not really supporting Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, the guy goes out there, he throws for 420 some yards and three touchdowns and it's not nearly close enough. I mean, obviously Crosby could have won the game for him and then you know, it could have been a little different, but it just, they're so reliant on Aaron Rodgers where you get a couple of injuries and I mean, the team just doesn't show anywhere close. So, um, that's, I, I guess in, in a couple of words, it's the Packers front office and, and wasting what is the prime of. Oh, dude, just wait till next week. I've, I've been, I've been working on this article for like the last two weeks on that, <laughs> on that thing. And it's going to, I'm going to release it uh, during the bye week and it's, 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 yeah, it's going to be pretty good. It's going to be pretty brutal. Well, what is up Looking with forward to it. Is there a, is there a curse on tight ends that come to Green Bay because apparently any guy, any tight end you guys sign they just they suck. Well, I don't know. Well, here, well maybe, maybe this is more specific about the more on Monday. On one specific play, I'll blame Aaron Rodgers because he had my cousin number 85 wide open on a skinny post on his first offensive play of his career, wide open. Doesn't even look his way. I know. So, it was if you pick and choose the right tight ends, maybe you'd have some different uh Was different it a completion? Success. Was it in, he didn't even throw it his way. He, dude, he. There was another he was play streaking over the middle. There was another play <laughs> in that game where he bootlegged to the right, and Jimmy Graham is wide open, and he, he Jimmy yeah. Graham's like, I might get this wrong. I think he's like six four, six five, and he threw it over his head, like it was the easiest complete. Like Brett Huntley could have made that pass. It's just I, I don't know about that. that. I don't know. He, about he that. admitted that he missed some that he normally and, that he and, normally hits. So. And, well, this later on, but. He, for the last couple of years, just loves, and this is where I think, I know, I know, AJ, you had some thoughts on this, but I think this is where it's a legit criticism of Aaron Rodgers. He's always going for the big play. He's, it could be third and three, and he's going 40, 50 yards downfield every time instead of dumping it off to, the, to his security blanket, hitting the running back or hitting, hitting a wide receiver on a slam pass. He, like Those two fumbles. I mean, dude, he had all day to throw the ball, all day. And he just, I, I, yeah. I, what's going on with him? I don't, I don't understand it. Well, yeah. first place Bears, so that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> first place Bears. Um, okay, here's what I got. This is go, this is out to the entire MLB Network crew who worked the Brewers Rockies game. Bob Costas was the lead guy uh, on Sunday. And they made so many mistakes. Like, it was just so clear that they pay zero attention to the Brewers. Nobody cares. I mean, honestly. I mean, I'm, I mean, I guess I don't blame them. Small market team. They probably hadn't heard of anybody on the team until, like, the day before this game. I mean, they, were, they called half the players the wrong name. They had Jesus Aguilera. <laughs> I heard the Aguilera. Orlando, that. like, that was it was great. like, I don't know. It was something... You got Arcia wrong. Like, I mean, and then they, then they made a stat comment on Travis Shaw. They were basically saying, you know, they were talking about the trade, which, hey, they got that right. We made a trade. We moved Shaw to second. Good job. And then they were like, well, they, 
Shaw's defense is really lacking at second base. He's made 11 errors and 39 starts at second base. Couldn't be more false. He has made one error in 39 starts. He's made 11 errors on the year, 10 were at third base. He's actually been better than I think anybody expected at second base. So that was kind of a slap in the face for Shaw to Shaw for no reason because he's actually he's done a great job at second base. And, uh, you know, that was the, they said that pretty early on. That stops me right away. And I'm like, wait, did they just say he made 11 errors? Because that's just not <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, there are some, there have been some really bad broadcasting just across sports. I mean, Jason Witten is. Oh, he's horrible. <laughs> horrible. The Bears, the Bears coming out of their bye week are going to have Doug Gottlieb doing the game. Like, what, what are we doing? Oh. You're scraping at the bottom of the barrel for it. Oh. So, uh, Maybe hiring players, hiring players right out of their career. Maybe it's not always the best idea. I like Everybody Romo, got all though. excited though because they hit so well on Romo. Like as yeah. much as he is goofy sometimes, like that that worked out and was received extremely well. So they were just like, all right, we're just going to keep going back to that barrel every time. And they're just yeah, but I mean, he, he he was a quarterback. He had a lot more personality. You know, he dated all the you know celebrities. Jason Witten, I don't think I've, I feel like I've never like I never seen any emotion out of him. Like I don't oh, know. I know. Like, the guys on six seventy today said he's afraid of being on TV. And then they went one step further and said, maybe he's afraid of the English language, but definitely <laughs> afraid of using it on TV. Like, he's, just, he's struggling. You should take it one step further, and maybe they should stop hiring former Dallas Cowboys. There's, yeah, there, there's four of them. There's Aikman, there's Moose Johnson, there's Romo, and there's Witten. I can't stand Aikman. And, and, and next year, there's going to be Jack Prescott, because that guy is just horrible, too. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's about to be out of the league. He's bad. You know, but uh, Jerry's just as proud of Dak as uh, the Rams are of uh, Goff. So oh, we talked, we talked about that last week. That was unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's some funny stuff. Uh, all right, Ryan, what do you got for us? Um, all right, I'm going to go a way different route, and hopefully this will lead us into our next segment. Uh, Khabib. I'm not going to even try to pronounce that guy's last name, but what the hell was he doing after that fight? <laughs> that was uh, him and his people. Right. I mean, I don't know. And I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I'm going to go out there with some of the others that are um, accusing this and say that was completely staged. You I, know, I don't, I don't think so. I, I disagree. I mean, not at all. No, I mean, dude, that was like, I, I followed that fight. Like I like MMA. I like the UFC. Like that's what Connor does. I mean, Connor, he's just going right. to try and get in your head and he's going to talk shit and it's, it's just all business for him. Like, it's nothing, it's nothing personal. Like, when him and Nate Diaz went at it, I mean, after the fight, they both, after both fights, they shook hands, they hugged. Like, that was, they, they understood it. Khabib from Russia, like, he, he does not understand that. And he is super close with his dad and Connor was ripping his dad and calling him a snitch. And that was, that was personal. And I think, um, the guy that he went after after the fight, for, like you're right, you should never do that. Like he should never have right. left the cage. Like that's 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 uncalled for. But I can't remember the, the guy's name. I know it's Connor's jujitsu coach. And dude, the, there was a thing like a, a fan posted a video. Like he called him, he called them like a Muslim snitch. And like dude, Khabib, you don't mess around with Khabib like that. Like he doesn't right. he doesn't understand like that that there's that you got to promote this fight and stuff like that. He, he doesn't get that. And he's a deeply religious guy. And he, I remember you had the bus incident a couple months ago. Like, I, I mean, maybe on Connor's part, it was a little bit staged, but I, I, 
I would bet a lot that that wasn't staged from Khabib. So yeah, I don't think that you know the the post fight antics and things like that. I think that's very hard to stage, but still control. So I would agree with you that that wasn't staged. But the the incident with the bus and Conor McGregor. You know, did they know that those two guys were going to fight already at that point? Are, are some of the words and phrases that were thrown back and forth in the media sessions before the fight, were those planned or at least somewhat staged or coached uh, by Dana White and, and the other promoters? I don't know. I, it wouldn't be the craziest thing if it was proven or found out later that it was because, you know, like I saw something the other day, like Connor's lost his last, what, two fights and he's made over $100 million doing it. So, like, it is all a business. It is all about money. So I wouldn't be shocked if they found out or it came out that at least part of it was staged and planned. Well, yeah. yeah. I didn't that, remotely think that this was staged until, Ryan, you said something about it earlier today. I'm like, you know what? The more I thought about it, I'm like, it does make sense. Like, I mean, I could, you know, the fact that, you know, Khabib's guys were released from prison instantly. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's well, literally a felony assault. Well, yeah, but Connor, Connor didn't press charges, so that's why they were released. No one yeah, was but it, shouldn't, it wasn't on just that. on it wasn't just on Connor who they were right, assaulting. That's not up they, to Connor to. They're like, fighting. That's just a, yeah, they're fighting at MGM Grand. I mean, this is like a broadcasted event that everyone's watching. You're making money off of and stuff, and like I don't know, that, that's still got to be breaking laws. Like, can't MGM post? Or, yeah, yeah, it's post. just like okay, like I don't know all about these like. Um, like the, how laws work and like how you, you know you like press charges on stuff. Okay, right. this is what I'm gonna relate this to. So I watched Jersey Shore, and I saw like the, the, this latest this latest season where like Ronnie's you know uh, girlfriend or baby mom or whatever like literally punched him on live TV, and Ronnie literally goes, "I don't want to press charges," and they were like, "Well, this is recorded. Like this is not it's not your choice whether or not like you want to press charges or not." Like there are going to be charges pressed by like the city or whatever. So I'm assuming it's got something similar to that, that effect. Well, well, Connor and like, and, and Khabib, I mean, they're going to like the Nevada state commission is, I mean, they're going to get suspended and there's going to be a fine, but like Khabib, like the Nevada state commission is holding his $2 million. Like he's not going to be like, they haven't given it to him yet because they're reviewing all the tape in the next like 48 hours. You're going to find out what, whatever verdict that, that went down. I mean, those guys are just really lucky that they, no fans got hurt, but I mean, it, it, I don't know. I don't know if you guys were able to like watch the videos of just, I mean, that was, that's why I don't think it was like, it was, it was basically yeah. Khabib fans versus Connor fans. And they were all whooping the yeah. shit out of each other. That part I think is very hard to stage. And I don't think it was staged. I'm just, I, you know, the, the lead up, the, the Connor incident and antics months ago. And then some of the things that were said, are they, you know, Connor, I know for sure is a, just a massive personality. So I wouldn't be shocked if he comes up with all that on his own and it's just oh, I bet he know, does. talking back and he forth, does. but I also wouldn't be shocked if an organization like that, that is, you know, very good at promoting itself at its big events, if they had something to do with it. Yeah. I, I mean, wouldn't, I wouldn't be completely shocked at that at all. Yeah. And I mean, this happens in all like boxing UFC matches and stuff like the rematch is the first thing you talk about, but I mean, after all of that, I mean, you'd think like, I mean, how how are Khabib, how's Khabib's team gonna come back over here after these charges are pressed? I don't think they're all U.S. citizens. No, so, some of them are even UFC fighters, and I bet you, if not today, tomorrow, they'll they'll be fight they'll be fired. I mean, they'll never right. fight in the UFC. But I mean, like the UFC, to answer your question, just 
absolutely loves this. I mean, this is if there is a rematch, I mean, they're going to promote, they're going to show that video oh. just like they did with the bus situation. Yeah, Dana White said that McGregor, McGregor's already requested the rematch, which, I mean, leads me to believe, like, so, you know, maybe it was staged. Like, it staged to the point where, like, something was going to happen no matter who won because they had already planned the rematch, and no matter who won, like, this post fight or whatever was all was just going to make, you know, the next fight that much more entertaining and people are going to want to pay, you know, they're going to make that much more money off of it. Um, I hope it's not, but, and I, I, I also don't think we'll ever find out if it was, I'm sure we won't. Um, but it wouldn't shock me that if it was. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I personally don't want to see that fight ever again. I mean, that was a mauling. Was, yep. I mean, Khabib, Khabib killed him was exactly what I thought was going to happen. Was that yep. because, I mean, is that just simply because Connor was he not in shape? Like he No, exhausted? no. I no, think Khabib's just a much better fighter. Khabib is more like Khabib is, he's, he's a wrestler. I mean, he, I mean, he, he wrestled bears growing up. I mean, Connor, yeah, Connor is a different kind of breed. He's a legitimate can, psychopath. Can, can we talk about how wild that video is? Like that bear is literally biting him. Yeah. Throughout it's incredible. He's a psychopath. Like the, and his yeah. family's just kind of like, yeah, let's record this. Like, that's, <laughs> they, they had that's the bear a, that's on a the different, They had zero yeah, fear uh, he, was, he wasn't going to, you know, did, control the animal. Exactly. Yeah. Did, you guys, uh, did you guys listen to that Derek Lewis post-fight interview? Oh, best my God. That's yeah. oh, the greatest thing I've ever, ever, I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. I was watching it live, and I'm literally going, oh, my God. This guy, I want to hang out with this guy. This guy's great. <laughs> It was, what does he yeah. call himself? The Black Beast, right? Oh, my yeah, dude. He was great. He's like, hey, why don't you take your pants off? <laughs> <laughs> and Joe Rogan and goes, yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah. He just rolls with it like, yep. He was like, <laughs> then, they, then he goes into like, hey, are you ready to compete um, for the title? He goes, Hell no, man. I got some black ass no. now. <laughs> he was like, nah, shit. I'm like, man, this but guy I, is But amazing. I'll come on your podcast anytime. Yep. <laughs> Oh, dude, I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast religiously. That is Joe Rogan. Give us a listen because that, dude, that, I can't wait, man. That dude is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my brother-in-law was literally right before the fight. He was saying, he goes, yeah, my buddy loves Derek Lewis. Like, he's his favorite fighter. And then after the fight, I go, mine too. Now I know why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, so, well, Khabib beat the living crap out of McGregor. That was, I honestly, I mean, I, I, I knew that was going to happen. I just... You know, going into it, I, I really just didn't think McGregor stood a chance. And that's essentially what happened. Um, and honestly, going back to the whole was it staged, the UFC might have known it too. That, you know, that were the staged part of it. You know, maybe it was true. Maybe it wasn't. Probably I, never going to know. I think that the UFC knew that there was the happening. Yeah. And I, and I think, yeah. and I think they're going to eat this up and they're going to promote it like that because that's what they do. Yep, that's what they do. That's how they make their money. Nobody should really be surprised. Yeah, that, no. That's the fighting industry, I think. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Well, on the football side of things, moving into that direction, our, our Chicago Bears had a bye. Things didn't go well up I-94. Nope. Um, Steve, how, how, did, how, did that, how did that play out for you? It was just a bad game all the way around. I mean, I, I legit thought Green Bay was going to win like 33-17. to 17. I thought after Rodgers basically blasted the entire offense, I thought they were going to come out firing. And what did they get? First possession, was it three and out? Maybe maybe six and out? And then a punt just happens to 
hit our player and Detroit gets the ball at the one, they score. That, then... that was a terrible, I mean, that was terrible. I, I watched that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch much of the game. I, I watched, the, I think, the first quarter. But, like, I saw that play, and I, I couldn't believe they called that. I did not remotely think it hit Kevin King. And that literally s- switched that game I, from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it was bad announcers. Thome Brenneman was terrible, too, during that game. I don't know how much you guys watched it, but he just, that guy sucks, too. Um, yeah, I've mean, never been a big fan of his, but, I mean, you're right about the that one play. I mean, being in the building, that changed the momentum like the flip of a coin. I mean, that place got extremely loud at that at that point. Obviously, they were able to punch it in on the goal line. I mean, that it did really change the game completely right there. It did, and I don't know. I mean, Mike McCarthy, I, I, I wrote about it. It's going to be up tomorrow. I mean, I, I like him. I don't think he's a terrible coach, but – I mean, I just think his message has gotten stale, and I think it, it – I mean, just think – I think that talent-wise, the Packers are right up there with, with the best in the NFL. And I just think – I mean, at the skill position, we're fine, but he just – I don't know, man. I mean, we have we – have, he's not playing like it this year, but one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and we haven't scored 30, over 30 points in a game yet. That's just I'm, that's crazy. That's crazy. You know, I think it's just time for sometimes it's just time for a new it's just time for a change. You know, it's not thing I'm not I'm not necessarily I think I've always thought McCarthy got a bad rap by a lot of my buddies. You know, I'm like, man, you guys like you guys don't understand what you guys have. You guys are winning and competing every year. Like he's not that bad. I'm actually starting to finally see it a little bit this year, and I just think it's time for a change. Like they just need a new a new voice. Something something needs to something needs to give. Well, yeah, and the cool thing about um, I was thinking about this today when uh, we knew that we were going to be talking about it is look at look at the Bears with Matt Nagy. I mean, yep. he's he's a guy that he schemes to get his receivers open. Like Mike McCarthy's offense is predicated on his receivers winning one on one battles, and that's just that's like an archaic form of, of running an offense in today's NFL. I mean, it, I mean, that's a very different, it is a very different approach, but being, you know, I, I watch the Packers here and there. I watch them a lot more this year than I have in the past for, for reasons we've discussed previously. But I mean, I don't think there's any offense in football still that runs the crossing patterns or the slant routes better. Like I was sitting there and any time Devonte Adams ran that route, wide open like there he's running across the middle of the field with nobody within 10 yards of him and so like is that I mean obviously you can't go to the same play every single time but many times as I would have if he was wide open like that so is it more or less just a play calling like game plan issue because I still like you said I still think they have enough talent offensively they just stall. I think they're very predictable right now they Um, are have been I mean it's just like like you just know what's going to happen. It's like, all right, first and ten. Here's your run. Second, second and eight. Like you might be another run, and then it's like, oh, third and six. Of course, you got to pass. Like you know, it's just, or it's like third long. Oh, here's your screenplay. Or you know, it's just, it seems to be very predictable. Well, yeah, AJ. To answer your question, I mean that plays there almost almost every single game, almost every single play that's there. I've, the, hell, the, I've seen them run it against the Bears plenty of times. I mean, the, the, the problem is, though, is I know when we were kind of texting today, getting ready for this podcast, I mean, that's, again, I talked about it earlier, 
that's Aaron Rodgers, man. He looks that off almost every single time, and he, he's looking for that big play down the field instead of taking what the defense gives him. I mean, that – and part of it is scheme. I mean, it's both those guys. It's McCarthy and, 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 and Rodgers. They're just they, – they both – I think they both respect the hell out of each other. I think they both like each other. But I also think those two are extremely stubborn people, and they both think that they're right. And it's just, like I said, I think it's just new blood. Look, I mean, look at the Bears. I mean, I think they're a perfect example. And I talked about this last week that I, I thought before they even got Khalil Mack, the Bears were going to be good this year. I mean, it's essentially what, what Allen Robinson and Khalil Mack, but that offense is basically the same. It's just a new coach and, and new ideas and fresh ideas, and the players have completely bought into it. You know, they, they have reinvented their weapons. I mean, they did get... Uh, Taylor Gabriel also, who's been huge Trey for Trey Burton. And, you know, they got Anthony. They drafted Anthony Miller. They, they did get a lot more than just Allen Robinson, but definitely they went out and got an innovative coach. Well, look at, but look at, yep. look at Tyree Cohen. I mean, dude, he was, yep. he's tearing it up this he's year. He's being every, utilized much better, right? It, yeah. And everyone knew that even as, as just NFL fans knew that that guy, if, if you play fantasy football, you knew that guy wasn't being used the right way last year. And, you know, look at another good example for, for the Packers' sake that I make the comparison to is the Rams. I mean, last year, this year, obviously, they traded a bunch of people. They have Brandon Cooks. But last year, that team was basically the same team as it was under Jeff Fisher going 7-9 and nine every year. And it's, yeah. just, it's just a new coach and new ideas. And they're It's a new era of football, really. You know, it's these oh, fresh minds, is, yeah. you know, these younger minds who, who you know it's just like in all the all sports nowadays like it's all every sport is growing in its own way you know it's it's not it's old school it's not old school basketball anymore there's a new it's a new era of baseball it's a new era of football and you know i think mccarthy is going to be another example of just an old school mind that might not be working i don't yeah. I, I disagree with that i think i think this again i think this this reminds me of andy reed in philadelphia way too much where Andy Reid was just played out, the offense was the same, the message was stale, everything was the same. Then he goes to Kansas City, gets creative again. I, th- I just think, and I, I, I can honestly see Mike McCarthy going to another team and being maybe not as successful as he was with Green Bay, but like having a consistent fringe playoff team every single year. I would, I would, I would not be shocked by that at all. You know, it's very possible. And to be quite honest with you, I mean, I. You know, if in three months from now the Packers are at the top of the division, I really wouldn't be shocked either. I mean, you know, it, it's a rough stretch. I still, I'm never going to say that the Packers are done. I'm never going to put them out of it. They just always seem to be there, especially as a Bears fan. It's just, it's just never ending. It's something I can always, it's a recurring nightmare. Yep. As long as Rodgers is there, I, I don't care where they sit right now. I know where the Bears sit, first place. Go Bears. But, like, I, you know, I just have that feeling that, you know, in three months, the Packers are going to be where they typically are. But, you know. Thanks for uh, trying to reverse psychology to me there, Trevor. I love <laughs> it. That. I love it. Just, you know, and hey, just, just, this is just what I do. This is just what I do. It, <laughs> it, you know, it works more often than not. I'm going to keep rolling with it. I like it. I like. I do the same thing. Hey, just a little game break for you guys. It's currently sixteen to one Boston right now. Holy cow! Jeez, that is not Close. good for the Yankees. No. Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up here. What kind of closing thoughts do we got? We'll go around. We'll start with start with a new one here, Ryan, the new guy. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, yeah. let's go, baby. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my two cents in on the Packers. 
Um, I know I touched on this a little bit earlier, and I was going back and forth with Steve. Um, I personally think, like, the Packers are the most reliant team on one player. In yep. The league. yep. And I think that's maybe because how they call a game and how McCarthy and the offensive coordinator call a game. But, um, like, stat-wise, they had, they had, like, 17 carries out of their three – total out of their three running backs this year. Or this – not this year, this – this last game, and that's why I said to you, you guys earlier that they haven't proven anything. And like, I can't even tell if they're good. I know some of my buddies who are Packer fans are excited about Aaron Jones and stuff, but where do, when are we going to see Aaron Jones pop off consistently? When are they going to give the ball to Aaron Jones consistently? Like, when is that going to happen? I think you guys were spot on. Like, they're they're predictable. Rodgers threw the ball 52 times. Yeah, he threw it for 442 yards, but I don't know. I mean, this this Packers team and how they're calling games is doesn't scare me, even though they beat the Bears week one, doesn't scare me as much as they have in the past. No, I that's good points, man. I, I, I completely agree. I it's 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 weird. I mean, Jones and Jamal Williams, they both yesterday averaged over five yards a carry. I mean Washington right. Washington and Detroit were two teams that were terrible. I mean Detroit's dead last in defense against the run. And we didn't run the <laughs> we didn't run the ball it I it's just I it blows my mind. It really does. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Steve, what, what do you got for us? I uh, Man, I'm going to talk about uh, my uh, – well, Trevor, mine and yours, Bucks, man. I mean, I really, really – being a Bucks fan is like tortured hell. It's just every year you think this is going to be the year where they're going to be good and they continually let us down every oh, yeah. single year. And I just think, you know, last year we had two of the worst head coaches I've seen in a really long time. <laughs> I mean, we had a substitute teacher, basically. I, it was just, it was, there was no way we should have lost to Boston. Granted, I know now Boston's stacked and they're, they're going to be the number one seed. But it's just so refreshing. You know, just bear with me because we're Bucks fans. It, to have, has like modern stuff that he wants to run. And they're going to shoot threes this year. And I just think, I think they're going to be really, really good. Are they going to come out of the East? Probably not. But I just think, I think Giannis, he's got a really good chance to be the MVP of this league. And I can't, I think season starts next Wednesday. I, I cannot oh, wait. I'll be, there. I'll be there on Friday for the, uh, for the home opener against Indiana. And I just, I think this season, I think, I think Budenholzer, I think, more than Giannis maybe being the MVP, I think Boonholz is going to be coach of the year. I think this team is going to be really, really good and surprise a lot of people. It's a bold Boonholzer, take. Boonholz, he's, he's a Popovich pop guy, isn't he? Yep. Yeah. And, yep. and, and yep. you know Back what? It's, and it's funny, though, because Mike Boonholzer has more um, coaches under him that were with Atlanta that are just as successful. You look at Quinn Snyder in Utah. I mean, Utah, a lot of people are picking Utah to be possibly the number two seed. And then he's got, uh, uh, I can't think of his name, but the coach of the Brooklyn Nets, who everyone loves. I mean, he's another guy that was under Budenholzer. So, I mean, Budenholzer's got a, he's got a pretty good track record of uh, his assistants going somewhere else and, and finding success. Yeah, I, just fun fun fact for you guys, Paul Milwaukee guys. Um, I actually played pickup basketball with the Bucks GM. Uh, horse, John Horse. Yep. Nice, dude. Did you dunk on him? Please tell me. I, tell me you dunked I on wish, him. I wish. I wish. We we took it. We beat him the first game, and then oh, I think we played like seven. Does he games. suck? I feel like no, he sucks. He's, he's solid. He's is he solid. really? We I, we beat him the first game, me and my buddy, and then we went one and six. Or, yeah, we we didn't win a game after that. 
He figured he figured it out. He's smart as hell, dude. Yeah. So I mean, just like being around him, we got a tour of um, the facility. I mean, it just seems like it's a breath of fresh air for those guys, and he just. From what I sound like, they hated Jason Kidd over yep. there. Oh yep. yeah, that's and not the yep. first time I've heard that from people who yeah. have uh, like just brutal interacted like, with Horst. Yeah, like I I know you guys aren't high in Jabari because of his term there, but I, him and him and Kidd, I think that's why it didn't work. Was Kidd hated Jabari and Jabari? From what I heard from the the guys over there, Jabari was like kind of your all around guy. Didn't complain. Maybe he didn't work his ass off and he was out of shape or whatever, but. Um, just a good dude, and kid just tore apart that whole team. I know, man. It was it was brutal. I mean, it was yeah. really, really. I, it just sucked. It was it was yeah. like watching. It's like it was like watching a slow motion car crash. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it that's, that's, that's cool though, man. That you good. got to play that's pick up, That's cool that you got to play pickup ball with him though, and that's that's really yeah. good insight because there's a lot of people are concerned up here that because uh, he just, sucks. Think, well, yes, I, also, I am very concerned. I, I also think he's the lowest paid GM. In, in the NBA, and like you have Mike yep. Boonholzer who just signed this big deal, and I mean I think Boonholzer is a great coach. I think he's a terrible like president of basketball operations. Yeah. Like I, 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 that's my big fear is that that happens here, and if that happens, then my hopes are just crushed again. Yeah, and I, maybe this is because the Bucks haven't been that good over the years um, as a Bulls fan, but I'm kind of pulling for the Bucks to be decent again and. Um, I mean, I know they have, they've been decent the last couple of years, but I'd love to see them be a top three seed in the East this year. That's on record from Bulls Chicago. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is. Uh, what you've now you've stepped in it. I know, hey, I, I've I've done it twice, but I still don't think the Bucks have any shot against this, the Sixers or the Celtics. I I would, I would agree. It's, yeah, I mean, I, it's possible. Well, actually, yeah, actually, a little bit of a different spot. I think Philly is going to have a. I know we got, you guys want to wrap this up, but real quick, I think Philly's actually going to have a down year. I really do. I think, I think Toronto is going to be really good. I don't know. I think, I think with Philly, I think Fultz being healthy this year, I think he's going to be pretty solid this year. Like, I don't know if this is something they're going to do moving forward, but they're starting him over Redick. Um, and, I, I mean, maybe just getting more of a ball handler instead of having Simmons bring the ball up. Right. But, I think they, they're a very complete team. Yep. And, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe they will have a down year because they were so unreal at times last year. But I think they're they're going to be tough still. I, oh, I think for they, sure. For sure. They match up well with the Bucks. I think Simmons may be one of the only dudes in the league that can give Giannis a tough time, you know, just the size and length. But, but fuck the process. We'll <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, AJ, what you got for us? Uh, so I got a couple of uh, different final thoughts, real quick points. First off, one last thing on the Packers. I uh, was able to go hang out with my cousin after the game a little bit in the players area right near the buses. And Blake Martinez led the league in tackles last year. It was tied to the lead. I could not believe how <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm, I'm 6'3", probably 2'15 right now. This guy, he looked like he was in high school, like small dude. So, like, not a knock on him because obviously he's in the NFL and he's really good at his job. More kind of impressed that he's able to do what he does to his size. Like, I was thoroughly shocked at how small this guy was. Um, and other than that, uh, last final thought would be Blackhawks are off and running. Um, they are – they got five points in their first three games, played three overtime games so far. Um, but getting a lot of production out of their out of their stars, Kane and Taves, both out of the gate, real hot. 
Um, really just got to get Corey Crawford back in between the pipes and hope that he can stay healthy. And then this team might, might be a little more competitive than we thought. It, it's definitely early, but they've, they've had no issue putting the puck in the net. So now we need to get somebody in between our own. Net. But Cam Ward is brutal. Cam Ward. Cam Ward. Brutal. All right. Good stuff. Well, my last thing I got here is I just want to give a shout out. I've, I've wrote about this before. I mentioned it today. I uh, want to give a shout out to the Brewers catchers who have been huge for them down the stretch. We got old man Eric Kratz out here. He's 38 years old. Is this his dude. first playoff appearance? I think it's his Did first playoff appearance. He's been on a couple teams, but he was not on the active roster. That's what I thought. Um, I, I mean, he, 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 I, I saw a stat today that's, I mean, he's got 15 hits in from 2015 to 2017. He's got 15 hits, wow. 15 total hits. He had five hits in the NLDS. I that's mean, incredible. That's it's just a great story. There, you literally couldn't. It doesn't seem like you could meet a better person. He is so humble, down to earth. You, you, you can tell he's really soaking in. You know what is going on right now. You, I mean, if you guys saw the clip of right before the final out, the guy turns around to the ump. You know, shakes his hand. You know, wishes him well. Says bless you before he goes out and then turns around and goes and celebrates. I mean, how many? I don't know how many people are even going to take the time right before they. Their team moved on to do that. I mean, he just seems like a great guy. Um, He's the Brewers' David Ross. That's what I was just going to say. He, he, or, you know, the Brewers' Jake Taylor from uh, Major League. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, whichever one you whichever one you guys want to take, uh, I'll take either one of those. We'll go with David Ross. Okay, I'm going to say Jake Taylor, <laughs> but whatever. Um, <laughs> but the other guy, Manny Pena, he had a great – hasn't gotten the headlines over the last 24 hours, but he's also been terrific – um, in game one, he went, you know, one for three with a walk. But what people don't realize is, or don't remember is he threw out two runners early in the game that, you know, if they're safe, the innings change, the game changes, the series changes. He literally threw out a runner in the first inning with, uh, I want to say, story up to bat. And there was two outs. He threw out the runner at second inning ended. You know, it really picked up our pitchers. It picked up our team. And they have, they get zero headlines for the most part. Nobody even realizes who they are, but they have been huge for the Brewers down the stretch. Yeah, that that's they great have, stuff. You got to get those kind of production. You got to get that production from some unexpected sources. Yep, you need unsung need unsung heroes um, in the for sure in the playoffs. Every team has one that that makes runs. There's always that guy nobody expects. You just you just need that, but. That's about all we got for today. Uh, we'll come next week, the Brewers will be a couple games in. Um, in the NLCS, the Bears play this week. The Packers play this week. Um, it should be a it should be a good week of sports. Uh, Wait, make sure. Yep. What do you got, Steve? Can we not do this podcast on a Monday next week? <laughs> no, for real. Packers Packers play San Fran on, on Monday. Monday yeah. night? Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll, be, yeah. I'll be no, there, that's... so I can't do Monday. I'll be in attendance up there at Lambeau. Yeah, so Ooh, like I, might be up there. I might be up there too, bro. All right. Maybe we do a live I was just about to say you guys go live and we'll call in through this while <laughs> you like guys go. are there. I like Sounds that. like another there game they go. should win that they're going to lose. Oh, dude. Ooh, you know what? Big talk. Big as talk. Mu- <laughs> as much as I want to hate on you right now, I can't even. I can't even. I can't even. I got nothing. I got nothing. Hey, make sure everybody goes, follows us on social media. Um, at ball, tell a friend. Yep, tell a friend. At ball underscore Milwaukee. At ball underscore Chicago. I think we're going to start going by. We're bald nationwide. I think I'm going to start really trying to push that out there. I like that a lot. Um, so until next time, later.
Later, guys. Books in six.